them. So praise God and good morning once again. This morning we continue with our series on the pillars of discipleship. Right? So let's remind ourselves what CCF is all about. CCF is all about discipleship. And for you to have some discipleship going on, you need sheep. That's why disciple, sheep. We are supposed to disciple sheep. And who is the good shepherd? Not the one in Baguio. The good shepherd is Jesus. He is the good shepherd. And He has entrusted to us sheep among us. Now don't say that because you're not a pastor of a church or this and that, that you're not a shepherd. If you're the father of your family, then you are a shepherd. That is your flock. So you must disciple your sheep. You see, many churches, because of their size, they leave the discipleship to the pastor. Who is the pastor of your home? You are. Disciple your sheep. Why does CCFLA exist? There are so many churches around. Thousands upon thousands. But why does CCFLA exist? Let's remind ourselves. CCFLA exists. Can we read this? To make? Have we reached the third and fourth generation yet? Not yet. So our work is just beginning. Our work is just beginning. And why do we take this definition or take this vision to heart? Because Matthew 28, 18-20 says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we've challenged the congregation that if you want to experience the intimacy with God that we've been preaching about for many, many Sundays, then I challenge you. Be involved in the Great Commission because that's where the promise of God is. I will be with you even to the end of the age. And what are we called to do? Make disciples. Not just bring somebody to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but be involved in the lifelong process of building them up in their faith. And how do we do that? Not only to teach them, but to teach them to obey. Teach them to observe everything that God has given to us. This is where the discipleship process takes place. If we just wanted to teach you, then we would probably have given you or referred you to a seminary where they will teach you. You will know how how to exegesis the Word of God. You will study homiletics. You will study hermeneutics. So, but discipleship is to teach you to obey. And this is the life-to-life process that we're inviting you to be involved in. The small group discipleship. Now, building up disciples will require four pillars as a foundation. And we've been discussing this. Pastor Danny last week. Pastor Reggie last week. And these are the four pillars. Supreme love for God. Second is devotion to God's Word. Third, self-denial. And fourth, Christ-like love. Now, when it comes to supreme love for God, Pastor Danny shared with us that supreme love for God means obedience. God's love language is obedience. He says in John 14, 15, If you love me, you will what? Obey my commands. He who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. We all have different love languages. God's love language is obedience. Some of us, our love language is gifts. Some, our love language is time. 
Some of us, our love language is task, etc., etc. But God's love language is what? Obedience. Supreme love for God, the first pillar. The second pillar is devotion to God's word. Last week we heard from Pastor Reggie as he preached from John 8.31. He said, the, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So abiding in God's word means to continue in God's word. Now if God's love language is obedience, and we tie that up to continuing in the word of God, then I have a practical definition for abiding for all of us. Abiding is to live in moment-by-moment obedience to God's Word. You get it? God's love language is obedience. He asks us to remain in His Word. Therefore, to abide means to live by moment-by-moment obedience to God's Word. We have two pillars already installed. This morning, we have a third pillar, self-denial. In reverence to God's word, may I ask you to please stand as we read Luke chapter 9. It's not going to be long. I won't keep you up for 40 minutes. Luke 9.23. Can we read this? And he... Jesus Christ said, If we desire to follow Him, what must we do? Take up our cross. How often? Daily. He must deny Himself, take take up His cross daily and follow Him. Another verse. Luke 14.27. Let's read it. Whoever... Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after him cannot be his disciples. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day of worship. Thank you, Lord, for bringing your people to gather and worship your holy name. Thank you, Lord, that you're in control of everything so we, by faith, leave everything behind those doors, Lord. And we commit this time to you, Lord, even as we pray for this country, Lord, and all the things going on around it. Father, we pray for the upcoming elections that you will put into office the person whom you want to be the president of this country. We lift up to you our country, the Philippines also. Help our president, Noy Noy Aquino, Lord God. Reign and rule with righteousness. Surround him with godly people, Lord God, that he will make godly decisions. We thank you, Lord, for how you have preserved one of our members here, Jay Guevara, Lord, who is up there in Afghanistan. Father, thank you for placing your hedge of protection around him. And we continue to pray for our troops there, Lord God, that you will also help them and protect them, Lord, as they preserve our liberties here in America. We pray, Lord, that you will be pleased at the preaching of your word. I pray, Lord God, that you will speak in and through me. For apart from your Holy Spirit, Lord, I can do nothing of eternal value. And I pray that the word, your word, will find fertile soil in all of our hearts. For this is our heart's desire and prayer, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, you may be seated. Luke 9.23 says, He was saying to them all, and when Jesus was saying this, there were those who believed in Him, there were those who did not. So this is a principle that we can share both with people who do not know Christ and people who already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He said to them all saying, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must what? Deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. It is such an important principle that in Luke 14.27, Jesus Christ even says, Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me, what? He cannot be my disciples. 
Is that negotiable or non-negotiable? No. My friends, it is non-negotiable. If you want to be, if you regard yourself to be, if you profess to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it means you're denying yourself. It means you're willing to take up your cross daily. And you must be willing to follow Jesus Christ, whatever the cost. Whatever the cost. So what is self-denial? A person refuses to drink alcohol, coffee, smoke cigarettes, eat meat, dance, go to the movies, not watch TV, or even drive a car. Is this self-denial? You're confused. Is this self-denial? Of course it is. You deny yourself the pleasure of all of the above. However, is this the kind of self-denial that Jesus Christ is talking about? Answer, no. If I refrain from eating meats, which I love to do, I love to barbecue, you know, big thick steak, medium well, you know, buttered vegetables on the side, mashed potato. I know it's kind of early for lunch. If I choose not to eat, then I'm denying myself. Right? But I just might be on a diet. So that's not necessarily what denying yourself, taking up your cross daily, and following Jesus is all about. So what then is self-denial? Let's read this. Self-denial involves limiting ourselves and our natural desires to do things through our own effort. That is the spiritual context of self-denial. Involves limiting ourselves and our natural desires, what? To do things through our own power, through our own strength, through our own efforts. What you need, what we need to do is no to me. Yes to God. No to me. But yes to God. If what I want is in line with what God's will is, no problem. But what if what I desire is not in line with God's will for me, then the principle of self-denial, dying to yourself, denying yourself, and taking up your cross, and following Jesus, is saying no to me and yes to God. Are you with me? Why do we need to realize and understand this principle? Look at what's going on. And I think you will agree with what Paul has to say in Galatians 5, 16 through 18. But I say what? Walk in the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Why is Paul telling us to walk in the Spirit? Because verse 17 says what? For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. And the spirit set against the flesh. For these are what? In opposition to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. For the Christian, there is a struggle going on within himself. A Christian has two natures. The old nature with which you were born. And the second nature, the spiritual nature with which you have been born again. And if you have, if you will allow me, the forces of good versus the forces of evil. And what's going on according to Paul in Galatians 5? There's a struggle. God is pulling you one way and your old nature, your sinfulness, is drawing you another. They are in what? Direct opposition to each other. So sometimes when I teach this in Malaya, I said, do you still have struggles between you know what God wants you to do and what you do? Oh, pastor, I don't have struggles anymore. Really? Can I take your pulse? Are you still alive? A Christian goes through struggles. 
Don't believe what is being sold out there. That if you come to Christ, you go to our church, you won't have any problems anymore. That is the farthest from the truth. Because Jesus Christ Himself said, you will have trials and tribulations. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There is a struggle. The only problem is the struggle is within us. It's like a tug of war. But we are the rope. Have you ever encountered that? Maybe it can be as subtle as you you think that you let it slide. We have Bible studies on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Do you find yourself at times, you've all made up your mind, everything is set, you're going to attend, and then you have a migraine. Or like last week, our brother Dion, what? On his way to worship, he meets an accident. Who's trying to discourage you? Who's trying to prevent you from going to a something, a spiritual meeting, a Bible study, a worship service? Devil. There is direct opposition. There is struggle going on. So, we have to realize this struggle is real. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us of the struggle going on between the principalities of evil and the forces of good. For us to be able to appreciate the principle of self-denial, dying to yourself, taking up your cross daily, and then following Jesus, we won't be able to appreciate it. But know that this is going on, whether you admit it or not. As you think about it, I believe you'll come to a point that yes, this indeed is going on. So for us to be able to appreciate the principle of self-denial, we need to understand three things. First is a proper self-image. Second, self-denial in relation to God. Lastly, self-denial in relation to others. First, let me talk to you about self-denial in relation to a proper self image. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. What does that mean? You, if you are in Christ, God expects us to think of ourselves in a sober manner. What are the extremes? I'm a Christian. I'm the only one going to heaven. Boo-hoo, you're going to hell. Sorry for you. You can be so high and mighty that you come across to the rest of the world as self-righteous. The other extreme is I'm so bad, I'm so sinful, God cannot reach me anymore. You understand where I'm coming from? You are who God called you to be. So the Bible is telling us, Paul is telling us, we must have the correct and proper self-image of ourselves in light of Christ. You see, Galatians tells us in chapter 3, Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are, who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. So how is an individual, how is a person saved? According to Galatians 3, verse 6 and 7. How was Abraham saved? By faith. How are you saved? By faith. Do you have anything to do with your own salvation? No. Isn't that a sobering thought? You mean to say, Pastor, I cannot even save myself? Yes. 
You cannot save yourself because your sin have already, has already condemned you to an eternal place of punishment. You cannot save yourself. That's why you need a Savior. That's why you need faith. Abraham believed God and God reckoned it to him. It's an accounting term. God imputed righteousness upon Abraham by faith. And it further says, Be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. Now, if you have placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can say that I am a son, a child of Abraham. Why? Because I have believed in God through faith. Alright? So if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, are you going to heaven? Are you a child of God? Do you still have problems? Will God help you solve your problems? Will God remove all the problems? I thought you were going to say yes. But how do we accept this? All of this we accept by faith. That's the first step. I come to the Lord God in faith. And He will accept me as is, where is. That's the kind of unconditional love that God has given to us. Now, because I have come to God in faith, verse 11 tells me, no one is justified by the law before God. Is evident. Why? For the righteous man shall live by faith. Now that you've come to faith in Christ, how does God expect us to live? By faith. Not by sight, but what? By faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous who have been saved by faith, God expects to live their lives by faith. But many times, what do we do? We live by sight. We have problems and the first thing that comes to our mind, God doesn't love me. God doesn't listen. Why is God taking so long? Maybe He doesn't care. Is that of faith? No. And here's the warning in Romans. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. That's why self-denial is very important. Because when you deny yourself, it means that you're limiting yourself, okay? And not trying to take control of your situation based on your effort. Are we communicating? Now, we have to have a proper assessment of ourselves, a proper image, a correct image of who we are. Because many times this is what happens. First, we have needs. So what do we do? We live them out. They become deeds. And deeds, as you keep on doing them, what happens? They become your habits. Right? You have good habits. You have not so good habits. But you develop habits. After doing them a while, over a period of time, you will develop a habit. And then, these habits will become, what? Normal to you. This is who I am. These are my habits. Pasensya ka. Ganito ako eh. This is me. Take it or leave it. Why? This is who I am. I have developed these habits and these are not the norms of my life. I don't care what you think. I don't care about you. And what does that, what, what has had just happened? From needs, you work on them through your deeds, you develop habits, they become the norm of your life, and then pretty soon what? They become your identity. They become your identity. Who are you? I'm a pastor. That's what I do. Right? That's my vocation. But if you are not careful, we will define ourselves on what we do rather than who we are. 
in Christ. The reality is, we do what we do, we take control of the situation because we have this wrong perception of our identity. God is not moving, therefore, I will move. You understand? But if you know who you are in Christ, you will wait for God. You will not take His place. You will not do things on your own effort. Why? Because the righteous shall live by faith. Now, what I will share with you is my life verse. I came to know the Lord many years before I joined CCF. I went up at an altar call and I prayed. So I thought I was genuinely saved. I really thought I was a Christian because I prayed. Right? Until I encountered this passage. Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God loved me and gave himself up for me. And I thought to myself, if this part of the Bible is speaking to me, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Now what happened to Jesus Christ on the cross? Can I ask you? What? Anyone who is crucified at the cross will what? Die. Now, if I consider myself a Christian and I consider myself crucified with Christ, the question I ask myself, why am I still alive? Meaning to say, why am I still running my life? If I am considered, if I consider myself a Christian and I'm crucified with Christ, the old me, the sinful nature should have been crucified with Christ. And I should no longer be living my so-called Christian life under my power. I should be living my life, the life I live in the body. I live by faith. By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. If you still doubt how much God loves you, just look at the cross. That's how much God loves you. He loves you and He gave up His life for you. Does God still need to prove how much He loves you? In the book of Romans, it writes, How could He who gave up His one and only Son not give us all things? If you and I still doubt the love of God, just look at the cross. If you consider yourself to be a Christian, can you answer this verse? I have been crucified with Christ. Dead. Dead to sin. Alive in Christ. But I struggle. I I still am alive physically. And now that I'm alive spiritually, the struggle goes on. And if I have an improper view of myself, if I have an improper self-image, then I will have a problem. And I didn't have time to put it, and it might be a little small, I think it is. But the Bible is so replete with all kinds of promises that tell you about who you are in Christ. John 1.12, I'm accepted. John 15.15, I'm God's child. John 15.15, a disciple, a friend of Christ. Romans 5.1, I have been justified. 1 Corinthians 6, I am united with the Lord. I am one with Him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19-20, I have been bought with the price and I belong to God. 1 Corinthians 12.27, I am a member of Christ's body, etc., 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 etc. For down there, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.
If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have, all things have gone. New things have come. If I confess my sins, He is faithful. Not only to forgive me of my sin, but cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You and I, we have to have a proper image of who we are in God. If we are secure in our identity in Christ, then it's not going to be a problem for us to deny ourselves. Why? I'm in the Lord. I should be walking by faith. And God's love, God loves me. So if this is happening, there's an issue to be addressed, there's a lesson to learn, I don't need to take control. I should not panic. Why? Because I'm secure in Christ. My identity is not defined by who I am and what I do. My identity is defined by my relationship with Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. I'm just His servant. But many times, what do we like to do? We like to be the Lord. Okay, Lord, you are my Lord, but you're taking too long. So I'm going to do something because you're too slow. Okay, Lord, I have this situation. But you know, this is not really such a big situation. I know you're busy. You know, there's a war in the Middle East. You know, Muslims versus Christian fighting. So I know you're too busy. So, okay, I'll handle it. What did you just do? You just took control of the situation. Is that living by faith? No. That's not living by faith. That's taking control of the situation. Why? Because you're not trusting God. We have to have a proper self-image. Secondly, our self-denial in relation to God. First, it begins with your proper self-image. With who you are in Christ. Not by what you do, but who you are in Christ. Second, in relation to God. What do I mean? Jacob, his life, he was not even born yet. He was just being birthed. Jacob had a, cousin, had a twin, Esau. In the Philippines, Esau. Sarap yun, ano yun? Esau. He's just, he's just being delivered and he's already grabbing the feet of his brother. That's why his name is Jacob, which means supplanter. Okay? Now, why is the name Mani there? I hope your name is not Mani. You know why I put it there? This is a little humor. Supplanter. Very hard to, you know, very high English. Supplanter. Mani, very easy. Manipulador. That's what he did all his life. He manipulated people, circumstances. He stole his brother Esau's birthright. He was in cahoots with his mother. He manipulated things. All the way to the end. Until Genesis chapter 23, 24 to 26. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. 26. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. Who was he wrestling with? See? Even with God. He wants to manipulate even God. Let me go. No, I will not let you go. Remember our lesson? Last Friday, our lesson was on the faith of Cornelius. Okay? And God told Peter through a vision, Peter, eat. No, no Lord, I will not eat. Oh, what are you doing? God said eat. No Lord, I have never eaten that. That is against the Levitical menu. No Lord, I will not eat. God is telling you to do something. You say that Jesus Christ, God is the Lord of your life. And what do you say? No. You say, no. Who is in control? You just took control. 
You just manipulated your situation. You just manipulated the person. You just took advantage of the circumstance. You have to have a proper view of yourself, but you have to also know what self-denial is all about in relation to God. Look at Romans chapter 8, 5 to 8. Can we read this? Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You see the opposite poles? The mind of the sinful nature is set on what? The sinful nature and its natural desires. The mind of the Spirit has his mind set on what the Spirit desires. Two opposing poles. Verse 6, The mind of sinful man is what? Death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is what? Hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But verse 8, Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So what's the issue? The issue is control. The issue is who or what is leading you. Who or what is in charge? Is God in charge? Or are you in charge? Is your flesh in charge? Or is the Spirit of God in charge? Praise God that He has given us the solution. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. So what do we need to do? We need to be led by the Spirit. And when the Spirit leads, what should we do? We follow. We follow. As the Spirit leads, we are supposed to what? Follow. If we follow, then we are not under law. Do you understand what I'm trying to get across? Jesus must be your Lord. He leads, you follow. How often? Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow Him. No to me. Yes to God. I don't know what your situations are, but I believe this principle will apply to the smallest detail of your life as well as to the most important struggles that you're facing. No to me. Yes to God. We must have a proper self-image. We can relate this to God and our relationship with Him. And many times, this is translated in relation to others. God and others. Now, this is what I learned from Pastor Peter when he was here last August. He spent a little extra time with us and he shared this. And this is what caught my ear. He said, we have certain godly desires and expectations from ourselves and from others. When these desires and needs are not met, we tend to manipulate circumstances and people to get those unfulfilled desires met. These are godly desires, mind you. Okay? Godly desires. But when they are unmet, and because we do not really appreciate who we are in Christ, and because we have an issue about self-denial in relation to God, then this translates into my dealings with others. Now, how does it, how does it show itself? What are the ways that we can manipulate and control others? We withdraw. Just give them the silent treatment. They don't want what you want? Okay, just give them the silent treatment. We can dominate. Who is the father of this house? Ah. You become self-sufficient. You protect yourself by portraying yourself as 
perfectionist. I don't need you. I'm fine by myself. You just isolated yourself. Self-indulgent, you become impulsive. Ah, I have credit card. You don't want, huh? Okay, I'll go on a shopping spree. I'll finish, I'll max out all of your credit cards. Being sensitive. Being indifferent. What's the opposite of love? What's, what's love? What's the opposite of love? No. Hate, you still have the emotion. The opposite of love is indifference. When you just don't care anymore. And I think my, my daughter and my, my, my children, if they're all here, I have pounded up in them. You know, the reason why I'm doing this is because I love you. Because if I don't love you, I'll just let you do what you want to do. I won't care. That's one way to manipulate. You become indifferent. You resist authority. You become unteachable. That's Bible by it. You know what? You should, you know, if I were you, you should stop smoking. That's Bible by it. Wala. And then you go into this theological debate about this and that. We all know. You just buy a pack. No, no. Don't buy a pack of cigarettes, okay? I used to smoke three packs a day, so I know what I'm talking about. What is the Surgeon General saying? If you continue to smoke, you will get cancer and you will die of cancer. Nasa Bible ba yan? Matigas ang ulo mo, di ba? You become unteachable. And even pastors. Then you, you approach the pastor. I pray, you pray for us, huh? That we, we become, you know, just as God wants us to be. Because this is a discipleship church. And we are not perfect. And when you come to us, it should be, who's the pastor here? Should not be like that. Should not be like that. Don't become unteachable. Pessimistic. Hmm? Never happen. Those of you who are as young as I am, you used to watch Gulliver, the cartoons. You remember him? You'll never make it. Everything. You'll never make it. So, Because the person is trying to manipulate the people around him and the circumstance, everything is not going to work. Let's not go to worship. Why? The car will not start. Yeah, but the car starts. Oh, it's going to be traffic. When we reach it, oh, the aircon is not going to work. Everything is no. Then you complain why they call you Dr. No. Or you become critical, finding fault. This is very prevalent in the Philippines. Sad to say. You become critical. Crab, crab mentality. You see somebody who is successful? Ah, magna. Ah, magna. Magna kum laude? Hindi. Magna nakaw. Oh, galing nito mga anak nito, ah. Ah, suma. Oh, sumasampung taon na sa high school yan, eh. This is what, this is born out of your flesh. Because you're not willing to submit to God in God's ways, you don't like to submit to God's timing. So what do you do? Ako na nga. Tagal-tagal mo eh. Bagal-bagal mo. Pag mabilis ka, mali pa. Uh. You see, we pray to God and then when God gives us the answer, wait, wait, God, this is not the answer I was expecting. And then what do you do? Oh, you manipulate. Allah. You take control. What should we do? Romans 14, 19-21 Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. In relation to others, I, I must be willing 
to say no to myself and yes to my brother in Christ who may have a weaker conscience. In the Philippines, Holy Week, you know what I'm talking about? We have fasting and abstinence. So I'm eating pork chop in during Holy Week. I think it was Wednesday. And the secretary of the president of the company comes and sits beside me. And she looks at my food. In song. Why are you eating pork chop? Semana Santa. Holy Week. Why are you eating meat? You know what I'm talking about, right? Praise God, I remember this principle. Oh, okay. I set aside my food. Oh, why did you set that? No, because it offends you. I have a choice. I can stand on my faith and say, you do not understand the Bible. See, God says in Romans, you must eat anything and everything sold in the marketplace if you eat with a good conscience because everything must be taken with thanksgiving because everything comes from God. Patay ka. I may win the argument, but I lose the soul. So how will I be able to invite this, later, this person later on, God willing? If I just insist, these are my liberties in Christ. God has set me free. You are the one in bondage. But I... And then you show them, look, oh, oh. You don't do, we should not do that. If we should live a life like Christ, a life of self-denial, look, can you eat? Yes. But do you need to eat right at that instance? No. Deny yourself. Take up that cross. Follow the example of Christ. Is that what Jesus did to the adulterous woman? Wala kang kwenta talaga. Sabi ko na sa'yo eh. No. What's happening here? She's caught in adultery. We're going to stone her to death. Ah, oh, really? Okay. Then one of them, little by little, until no one was left. And then what did Jesus Christ do? Where are they that condemn you? Neither I condemn you. Go, sin no more. Deny your natural and human desires. And follow Christ. Your proper view of who you are in Christ. Self-denial in relation to God. And self-denial in relation to others. See, God desires us to bear godly fruit. Galatians 5.22. Can we read this? Oh, okay, okay. This time we'll read them together, okay? So that it's not like the United Nations all at the same time, alright? Galatians 5.22.24. But the fruit of the Spirit... Can I ask you one question? Whose fruit? If it is the Spirit's fruit, who is responsible to produce that fruit in the person? Who? You're sure? Why is it that we try to produce this kind of fruit in somebody else? We cannot even produce this kind of fruit in our life. Okay? And we have the audacity to try to force other people to bear this fruit. Napaka-impatient mo! Kanino manggagaling ang patient? Patience. Okay, God? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Pinakla si Mangot. What are you doing? 
Really, what are you doing? You're taking the road of the Holy Spirit. Diba? Who is going to produce that fruit? Only God can produce this kind of fruit. So what business do we have in trying to produce this fruit first for us? You cannot do it. Secondly, hindi nga natin inasikaso yung sarili natin, gusto pa natin ipag-bear fruit yung ibang tao. Are we communicating? Are we understanding each other? This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So who is supposed to move in the person's life to produce this fruit? The Holy Spirit. Oh, is anyone here named Holy Spirit? I want to meet you. Or maybe you. Pastor, I'm not Holy Spirit. I'm just Holy Spirit Junior. It's not your role. It is not your role. It is not my role to produce this kind of fruit in you. It is the role of the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have what? Here we go again. Crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desire. Unless you count yourself crucified, dead to sin, aligned to Christ, deny yourself, take up your course daily, and follow Christ, you will be stressed, you will be panicked, you will have ulcers. Some relationships have broken up in divorce. Why? Because one spouse is too controlling over the other. Parents too controlling over the children. Children rebellious towards their parents. Why? No one wants to die. No one wants to die to their, to their own personal, even godly desires. They don't want to let go. They don't want to let God. Instead of no to me, yes to God. What do they say? No to God, yes to me. Self-denial. Why? Why do we not want to give up our rights? You and I are supposed to be dead. Galatians 2.20, right? So if you're dead, do you still have rights? No. But many times we want to insist on our rights. Even insist on our godly desires. Godly na yan, ha? But we're going about it the wrong way. I submit to you that we have a difficult time dying to ourselves. Okay? taking up our cross daily and following God because of a lack of faith. We don't believe God enough to do something. And this lack of faith is born out of a lack of intimacy. You notice the pillars. What is the first pillar? Supreme love for God. The second pillar is devotion to God's Word. The third pillar that we're talking about this morning is self-denial. You will only deny yourself if you know that that is part of what God has in store for you in the Bible. And you will only know what the Bible says if you have the supreme love for God to obey what He says. I don't care what you know about the Bible. I'm more concerned about what you're obeying. So what if you know Genesis to maps? As Pastor Reggie shared with us last week. So what if you memorize Genesis to maps? What part of Genesis to maps are you obeying? What part of it are you applying? Isn't that the more important thing? What have you memorized? Jesus wept. Two years you are Christian. What have you memorized? 
Jesus wept. Okay. So what do you learn about Jesus wept? Jesus was a man. He felt for people. He loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And he loved Lazarus so much that when he came to the tomb, even if it was God's Father's design that he would arrive just late enough to show the people around him that he is God, that he would be able to raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus Isn't that not something to learn about who Jesus Christ is? Even if, but I don't condone, okay? I don't encourage that, you know, from this time until you meet God, that's all you memorize, Jesus wept. But there's always something to learn from God. Now, when you learn something from God, you're at the crossroad. Will I or won't I obey? Will I listen to the Spirit or will I listen to myself? Remember Galatians 16? The flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. They are opposite to each other. That's why God calls us to die to ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Him. Now, again, I refer to Galatians 5. If you begin to die to yourself, then you're allowing the Holy Spirit the freedom to move in your life. Then, Lord willing, as you constantly die to yourself, your life will be manifest with a life of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wouldn't you like to see that in your life? That when you look at yourself in the mirror, wow, who is this? You have come so far in your walk with God, you don't recognize who you are anymore. Better still, people around you no longer recognize you. You used to be this short-tempered, Foul mouth, smoke belching, beer burping. Now I don't know you anymore. What happened? Wouldn't you like people to comment about you? And then if that happens, how will God transform your family life? Your children, instead of wanting to spend more time with their friends, they would want to spend time at home. Why? Love, joy, our home is full of love. You know what I'm talking about? And then the church, this family of believers, will begin to love each other more, will begin to be patient with, with each other, will become kind and gentle towards each other. What will happen to this church? We'll grow. And then what will happen to our society? What's wrong with those people? I insult them left and right, morning, noon, and night, and they just lie, smile. God bless you. God bless you. What's wrong with these people? I want to go to the church. What's happening there? First, allow God to impact your life. Your individual life. And then, let God impact your family. And then let God impact the church. And as Pastor Danny has been preaching to us through our learnings from Pastor Bill Hybels of Willow Creek, what? The church is the hope of the world. Now, if this is the kind of church that people will see, wouldn't they want to go to our church and find out what's going on between inside these walls? Because we are distinguished. We're not like the rest. We are rested. Why? Why can you rest? Who's going to produce this fruit? The Holy Spirit. So rest in that, in your identity with God. 
He will produce this fruit in you. If you don't see this fruit in other people, no sweat. Why stress? Why panic? Intimacy should lead to restedness. Not panic and stress. You'll have ulcers. Get rid of those. Let go and let God. No to me, yes to God. I have just one more verse to show you. And then I'll wrap it up. The perfect example of self-denial I would like to submit to you is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was in the mountain, he was in the Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane. And this was about the time that he was going to be arrested, brought before Pilate, and eventually crucified and died. He withdrew from them about the stone's throw. He knelt down and began to pray. And his prayer was, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Now, why could Jesus say this in verse 42? I submit to you, Jesus could say this. One, he was secure in who he is. He had a proper view of himself. He was going to go to the cross, not for his sins. He was going to the cross because of our sins. And he knew full well everything that he was going to go through. And eventually be put to death for sins that he did not commit. But because he knew of who he is, he's God and God's son, he still voiced his concern to God the Father. He said, if it's possible, do not let this cup pass. Don't let me drink this cup. Let it pass. But where is his self-denial there? Not my will. Not my will, but yours be done. No to me. Yes to God. Let go and let God. If you say that Jesus Christ is your Lord, let Him be in control. Don't take the wheels. Sino ko mantanon? I'm not sending her records, okay? But the song says what? Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, be in control. Jesus, I give up control of my life and I surrender control of my life to you. Where you go, I will follow. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow Him. If you do that, I promise you, your own individual spiritual life will be blessed. stress. You will be rested because you are secure in God. Then, the blessing of your spiritual life will impact your family. And then your church family. And then, Lord willing, we will be able to impact the community and society at large. Before I give you our discussion questions, why don't we offer a word of prayer to the Lord? Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your word, Lord. Thank you for the lesson that you've taught us. That we should no longer live for ourselves, but that we should live for the one who died for us. Father, we have come to you in faith and you expect those who have received faith, to live by faith. Lord, will you forgive us for the many times that we have taken control not only of our own lives but many times even, Lord, the lives of others. You are the King of Kings. 
You are the Lord of Lords. And it is only your Holy Spirit who will produce this kind of spiritual fruit in our lives. Teach us, Lord, to trust you. Teach us, Lord, to wait upon you. Because your word says that you will produce this fruit in us of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Father, forgive us for taking control. We give it back to you, Lord God, this morning. And not only this morning, Lord, but teach us, Lord, to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow you daily. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.